You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 34 of season three of Heart and Soul. Today, I'm joined by Ashlyn Gunderson, all the way from Canada. This is our first international guest, and we just realized that she lived in a different country, like right before this. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Ashlyn. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to being the first international guest. Yeah, we're taking this worldwide. Heck yes, we are. I hope that this stimulates some more international guests to come forward for you for sure. <laughs> um, well, I found Ashlyn on Instagram a couple months ago. She is also a fitness and health coach. She's the owner of a business called Perfect Fit for You, which focuses on one-on-one health coaching through nutrition, fitness, and mindset all rolled into one. And one reason why I was really drawn to her Instagram Cause you know how people pop up on your follow page. Um, you popped up on mine and I think it was one because of what you stand for in fitness, but two, you were pregnant at the time and I had either just gotten pregnant or we were still in the process of like waiting. Um, and it's always good to follow people who are like one step ahead of you so that you can kind of learn a little bit about what's to come. Absolutely. Um, so I really loved following your pregnancy journey. I'm now like eight months pregnant. And by the time that this podcast is out, I might already have my baby, which is nuts. Um, so I just love how you showed up on social media. And when I saw that, and after a couple months of following you, I was like, I need to reach out and have her as a guest. So thanks so much. You're the perfect guest for heart and soul. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to having a talk with you. I don't know if I'm one step ahead, but in terms of the baby world, I'm one step ahead. So anything baby, I'm, I'm game to talk about for sure. <laughs> yeah, I have so many questions, um, <laughs> which we'll definitely dive into. But first, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, listeners. So I'm <laughs> Ashlyn Gunderson. I am from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, and um, I own a business called Perfect Fit for You. So we do online virtual health coaching, but we also have a one-on-one personal training facility as well as an office space, and we do body composition testing as well. So that's kind of the business side of things. I'm also a wife. I have a husband, and he runs the personal training aspect of our business. So it's a little divided, but I mean, we are business partners and life partners. So there's a little crossover there. Um, And then I have a team of four or five other coaches that also work for me. And we work with people all around the globe. So we are an international business, but we do have our headquarters here in Lethbridge. So super, super love what I do. I'm back at work. I have a four month old baby and I was actually back at work five weeks postpartum, which in Canada is super taboo. Like we get year long mat leaves in Canada. What the hell is this lady doing back to work? Right. (laughs) So this is a big transition, especially in Canada to see somebody with such a young baby still working there 40 hours a week. So yeah, a little bit of newness in my life for sure. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe y'all get that long off. I need yeah. to move to Canada. I know, but when you own your own business, I it's know you really don't want to pay time. in So, I mean, when, when I set up my business back in 2017, I believe it was, I'm like, Oh, uh, babies weren't on the radar, you know, four or five years ago. And then now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like 
this is something that I maybe should have planned a little bit better for. But with the pandemic, our gym was closed. My husband couldn't work. So we really didn't have the option. We can't both stay home. Um, so it's me. I'm back. And now, of course, our gym's able to be open, but I'm still the one here. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like am in a similar boat where, you know, I'm self-employed. So I'm having to like create my own idea of what a maternity leave will look like. And um, people keep asking me like, you know, how long are you taking off? And I'm like, I don't know that I can. I can predict that, but I'm thinking like five or six weeks and they're like, Oh no, you need more than that. And I'm like, but I, if I don't come back, then what's going to happen to the business? <laughs> like it's kind of like my little baby. It's my firstborn. It is. It is. Um, luckily your business is an asset. It's what I keep telling myself. It's not a baby. It's an asset. So as long as it's growing and it's producing revenue, like I'm doing my job. Yeah. So I'm lucky that I have an amazing team who is able, you know, to take some of that brunt work as initially at the beginning, but those first six weeks postpartum, my gosh, even if no one was taking the brunt work, it just wouldn't have got done because you are all consumed. When people tell you just survive the first six weeks, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So I just survived. And then by the end, I'm like, okay, I think I'm like ready to kind of peter my way back into my business already. And, and it was a quick transition for me. If I could have had more time, I definitely would have had more time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you started this, you said in 2017, actually in 2014 and 2017 is when we incorporated the business. So I had to set up that financial structure in terms of what the salary looks like in EI and all that stuff. Yeah. So what led to in 2014, what led to starting and kicking off this dream? Like what, what journey led you to a business oh, owner. Uh, <laughs> I actually was in school. I have a biochemistry degree, so not anything to do really with business at all or social media, which is really where I spend the majority of my time. Um, I have a biochemistry degree and I was going to school to be a pharmacist actually. And um, I did all the research and I had all the prereqs. I applied to pharmacy school. And then I started working for a research station as well as the biochemistry department here at the university. And I just realized, I don't think I, I don't think I made out for this. Like I am not meant to be in a lab coat and goggles and alone. And I'm social. I want to go out. I want to help people. I want to connect with people. And that's what I started doing. I got into bodybuilding. Actually. Um, my mom was a lightweight bodybuilder since I was a kid. So I grew up in the fitness industry. And then when I figured, Oh my gosh, like I can combine my love for science, my love for biochemistry with nutrition, with body composition, with helping people, it all seemed to amalgamate perfectly. And then I started training people while I was still working and the training aspect of my income ended up making me more than my job at the time. So I'm like, okay, man, I just got to put pharmacy school in the back burner. I got to jump all into this and just see what happens. Um, and, and it worked, obviously here we are, you know, seven years later, I still have like a very successful business and I'm so happy that I trusted my gut instinct to do that. Yeah. Something that I always, I, I train a lot of college students and a lot of the, um, insecurities that come with that are like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And I, you know, I'm majoring in this, but I don't really like it. And one thing that I always tell them is you can always change your mind. You can always change your dream because nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) Like nobody knows what they really want to do. And nobody knows how to like initiate something. It's all trial by error. And your dreams are allowed to change. Like you're allowed to want to be a pharmacist one day. (laughs) <laughs> and then want to own a gym the next and go for it. You know, I'm hoping COVID has shown people the need to pivot. Yeah. And 
it's pushed people to go against the grain to do that even when they didn't want to, myself mm. included, um, potentially preparing us to do that even when COVID is no longer a thing in yeah. our world, um, that will continue to have the, you know, the bravery, I guess, to pivot out of something that maybe isn't serving us. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So growing up, I didn't know that your mom was um, a bodybuilder and, yes. and you said a light bodybuilder. What is that? Well, I said lightweight because she's so teeny tiny. And (laughs) and when I say bodybuilder, people think like I have this like ginormous Hulk for a mother and she's actually five feet tall. She's (laughs) on stage at about 91, 92 pounds. So I always feel like I have to preface those conversations with, yeah, she's not, she's not the Hulk by any means. But when I was younger, I sure felt like she was like, I actually loved seeing my mom go through her fitness journeys. I loved going to fitness competitions. I mean, I was there cheering, hooting, hollering, watching the girls in the bikini, everything. Um, I have two other sisters, one older than myself and one younger, and they didn't get the same reaction as I did. So fitness ended up becoming something that actually really brought my mom and myself together. It was a time that I could have alone with her. She took me to the gym. I was the one into it. Um, But the rest of my siblings didn't seem to enjoy it the same as I did. And I don't know if it was because it was a connection piece or because it was a passion and she just pulled it out of me. Yeah. That's cool. That that connected y'all though. Do you feel like growing up in like the industry, essentially that that put an extra sense of pressure on you to maybe look a certain way or meet a certain standard and did it affect your, your image of yourself or your body image as a whole? I wouldn't say that it affected my body image until I was in the industry. Gotcha. So watching from afar, it was like, okay, this is a cool weekend thing. Oh, that's so funny. Like my mom has to shave her whole body and get this crazy spray tan. Yay, mom. Oh, can you eat now? Like, no, nothing really affected me. I still felt like I was in my own journey. I was a college volleyball player. I'm five foot nine. I never had a problem with my weight. Um, So I was happy. It was once I started, I finished college volleyball. Where's my next passion? Oh, Ashlyn, you know, you're 18 now because in Canada, you only have to be 18. You're 18. Let's compete in a bodybuilding competition. And so from the age of 18 to 28, I did in 10 years, I did 16 bikini competitions. Wow. So yeah. So that's like, lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight, change the way you look, get fake boobs, take the fake boobs out. Like there's, I was all over the place with my body. And I I imagine that would mentally affect you with you having to like constantly ebb and flow and adjust your body to certain standards especially as you're just like becoming an adult, like you're not only learning about yourself as an adult, but now you're having to meet different standards that people put on you. I imagine that would be a roller coaster of emotions. By the time I turned like 25, 26, I actually stopped asking for feedback from the judges because I'm like, I'm self-critical enough. I'm a coach. Like I can look at myself and tell you what you're going to tell me. Like, I know my waist can be smaller. My ass can be bigger. I know those things. But at the beginning, you're like, oh, give me feedback. Give me feedback. Right. So at 19 years old, someone's telling you this was real feedback for me you know, your hamstrings aren't lean enough and you're unsymmetrical in the chest, meaning you have extremely small boobs and great big shoulders. So what did I do at 21 years old? Every single freaking cent Ashlyn had fake boobs. Really? Like whatever. That's what I needed for the one day a year I was on stage and 11 months later, explant because I hated them. I'm like, why did I do this? At 21 years old, I spent $15,000 in 11 months on implants and I have nothing to show for it except for 
two little scars across my boobs now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just, it. it's crazy when we do listen to the critics of the world, which for, in your case was actual judges and people yes, critiquing yes. you. It really does make not only a physical impact on us because we're trying to change physical parts of us, but like emotionally and mentally, I feel like it, I know, cause I've done it. It, it wrecks you. Like it, it, it makes you challenge your own identity outside of what's actually true about you or it did for, for sure. me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people in the fitness industry, sometimes if you've had a really big transformation, um, or, or you are a competitor, it does become your identity and you start to associate yourself a lot with how you look or you're changing a lot. So people are bringing it up to you. You go to a barbecue or a wedding, everyone's saying, Oh, what are you doing? And it it becomes a topic of conversation because people can see you physically. It's something that they can connect with you over. The unfortunate piece about that is when you start losing that look or that aesthetic, you now feel like you're losing a piece of yourself or how people connect with you, Mm. which is really a shame because we're so much more than that. Um, But I, I would be lying if I said I didn't like the bodybuilding industry or I wasn't still a fan because I do love it for myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true for everybody. I've coached a lot of people for competition prep. Um, and I've seen it go both ways. Some people thrive. They're like, I'm so much more confident. I feel good. I did things, something I never dreamed imaginable. And other people say, oh my gosh, I can never look at myself the same again. I now have this relative figure that I now am going to compare myself to for the rest of my life. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. It seems like your mindset was really protected in that. And I, what I tell women a lot of the times is we all have different triggers. Like we all have different things that impact us, motivate us, bring us down and knowing. And the first like part of healing or finding peace with your own body is really recognizing what those triggers are for you. So like for some women tracking calories, this is, I'm speaking about myself. I can't track calories. It like messes with my head, but some women can do it and it doesn't affect them. Like it does me. And some people, you know, won't, don't want to do too much cardio because they're doing it to burn calories. Where for me going on long runs is where I feel the most peace. So it's, it's really just recognizing what your triggers are and you will, you will start to notice them based on how you react, especially scrolling through social media. Like I'm so I'm scrolling through this and I see this runner with, um, you know, this body and performing this many miles a day. And it's really affecting me. I really don't like her unfollow (laughs) that person, you know, because that obviously is something that you need to stay away from. And the same goes for you. Like bodybuilding didn't, didn't negatively affect you, but it might negatively affect someone else. So just allowing people a space to realize like, this isn't my thing, or this is my thing. This brings me life. And this brings me down. For that's sure. Like really important. How would you as a coach then navigate that? Because I feel like that's one of my biggest challenges because people see the bodybuilding industry as, oh my God, that's a huge goal. I want to do it. Oh, Ashlyn, she's a healthy coach. She's done this before. She has a biochemistry background. I'm going to hire her. How, even after seven years, have I, I have not figured out a system to say at the end of this 20, 25 week process, I I bet you're still going to be okay. I won't know that until someone's gone through the entire journey. And if they're not okay, man, does that bring a lot of guilt on me, right? Yeah. Where it's like, how, how can I pick through someone's brain before they even start to see if that's going to be the case? And I ask a million questions. I talk about their history. I talk about binge eating and comparison and everything. And you can find someone who on paper looks like they're going to be the perfect candidate. 
and they can have the worst experience. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, that's tough. The way that I do it and I don't train for bodybuilding, so I have a different clientele, but I think it's focusing. Okay. So something that I learned a long time ago when I started soul was I have to stay like in my lane with what my story symbolizes. So my story was women healing from eating disorders, women healing from body image, people who were once addicted to exercise because of punishment and me trying to rewrite that story into, we can actually enjoy exercise and, and live a healthy lifestyle without punishment. So that's the lane that I stay in. So if a client comes to me and let's say their goal is bodybuilding, well, one, I've never done that. So I don't know how to train you, (laughs) but two, they, after me sharing my story, they'll know like, this isn't the right fit for me where I think for you, it is probably a lot more assessment on the front end of like, here is what you're getting yourself into commitment wise and time wise. And then also here are the possible consequences, both positive and negative. Do you feel like you can handle this kind of thing? And at that point, I don't know the answer. <laughs> and at that point, people's eyes are glossed over because they're looking at themselves as like what they're going to look like in five or six months when they're done this process. And they don't give a shit <laughs> how hard they have to work. They're ready to do the work. Well, My I think that mindset. After, yeah. Right? And I think that that mindset is everything. Like if you're going in to a goal, especially a fitness goal with the mindset of, I am going to look a certain way. Then to me, I don't love that. Like, how are you going to feel? And because if your goal is to look a certain way, I think you wrote a post on this at one point, like what happens when you gain the weight or what happens when you, I think your post was something like people stopped complimenting me on my weight loss or my weight my strength or something. I can't remember how you worded it, but, and how do I go from there? Like if your mindset is based off, my identity is solely, um, found in how I look or in having a six pack or having this definition, then when you lose it, because you will, it's not sustainable at all times to just remain the same. Nope. You're, you're going to be thrown for a loop. So going in with a, with a mind, a healthy mindset is like key. And if, your body will change, but your mind has to be steady, you know? And I think that's why the bodybuilding industry is, I don't use the word corrupt in a sense, but you never go into a bodybuilding competition asking yourself how good you're going to feel because right. the day you step on stage, you probably feel like shit. Yeah. You know, like you're malnourished at some point. I mean. yeah, like, yeah. like, and, and so that's why for me, like, I just, like I got to stay out of that lane because malnourishment for me was like my biggest trigger. And so it's just like knowing, knowing your limits and knowing like what is healthy for not just my body, but my mind. Yes. Um, And I tackle that when people are asking, Oh, so you've had your baby are like, are you going to compete again? Like it's been two years. And my initial reaction is, Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like I'm totally going to, I love it. And then I'm like, but do I need to put that pressure? Obviously through pregnancy, your body changes. If my body's going to get back there, that's great. But to put the pressure on yourself to look the same as you did before you went through such an extraordinary journey, I feel like, um, it is inauthentic. Like it's, it's not great to expect yourself to be your 25 year old self when you're not your 25 year old self anymore. Yeah, for sure. Something that I'm actually learning, like in this moment and this season is, 
how our bodies, <laughs> our bodies are meant to change during every season. Yes. Like I'm 32. I'm not supposed to look like I did at 25. I'm also pregnant. So I'm not supposed to run like I did nine months ago. I'm not supposed, you know, so every season looks different. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to eat the same as I did nine months ago. Like my body needs different types of nourishment because there's a human in there. And like after, and I'm really glad I'm learning this right now. It's like you hear it, but when you're actually in it and learning it, it's totally different. So I'm, I'm really glad I'm learning this right now so that when I do have a child and I'm not gonna say, I won't have bad body image days. I'm sure I will, but now I know how to fight it with like, okay, this is the season that I'm in. It's postpartum. My body's not the same. It's just performed the ultimate miracle. So I should be like extra proud of it. And like, let's just do this. Let's enter this next season with an open mind. How is that 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 remains for you? Like, I really hope that you can remind yourself that, or when this episode comes out and you are postpartum, that you can say, this is the season I'm in. Cause pregnancy for me was a freaking joy. I loved every second of it. I actually was very proud of my body. I took all my weekly pictures. I put it all out there. And then when you're four weeks postpartum, you're like, holy shit, am I ever going to look the same again? And I'm, I'm telling you maybe not the same, but it will improve, you know, yeah. but it's when the baby's out, but you're still not you. That's, that was a hard little bit of time for me in terms of body image for sure. Yeah. And I think with body image, one thing that I tell my clients is cause I work with a lot of women who have a history of eating disorders or a history of bad body image. And one thing I tell them is you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I'm healed. Like, this is, I'm done. Like now I just think positively of myself every single day. Like I never have doubts. I never have insecurities. And one thing that I tell them is like, no, every day might be a different type of battle. It's having the tools to be able to fight that. So I know when I'm postpartum, when this episode is airing, like I will be probably insecure about my body. I know that, but it's now I have the tools and and the accountability with my husband and my business to like escape those bad body image thoughts so that they don't spiral into something that becomes like this vicious lie. You know what I mean? There's so much more beautiful things to focus on when you become a mom than your body. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to like my perspective shifting away from myself and being a little more selfless (laughs) with my- I was the most independent, selfish person I, I mean, I still am a very independent, selfish person, whether, you know, and, and, and so be it. I feel like I'm still a fantastic mom because I recognize that like, I still think I need this time. I still think I need to set aside this hour and work out, not because I need my body back, but because I need my headspace back. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing for, if it's something for you that is like, I am exercising for 60 minutes to make sure that I burn this amount of calories to, exit or balance out the meal I ate last night, then it's not, you're in the wrong headspace. But if it's something like for me and for you, like you just said, like it is a like therapy session for me to move my body. And that's why I have tried. I mean, there are days when I can't, but tried to remain active during pregnancy because it is therapeutic. It is so good for my mind. I do my best thinking. I'm so stressed in this season that like, that's like a hour where I'm just like, 
not stressed. So talk to me. I am so curious about this because I know there's a day that's coming on August 16th, which is (laughs) in the, in the past when this episode comes out where this baby's going to be born and my time is going to look completely different and my routine is going to be completely thrown. I think that's what I'm more stressed about than just being a mom. Like it's the, it's the idea that my time is not my own anymore. So talk to me about that transition for you, where you probably, I assume had like a regimented schedule for exercise, for going to work, for doing this. And then a baby gets thrown in there. Yeah. (laughs) I've said many times in the nicest way possible, this baby came into my life. So she's going to adapt to my life. Okay. Like I'm not putting everything on hold. Like first six weeks. Okay. Like you're just surviving. Like I said, but at this point I'm like, no, mommy's going to the gym. You're coming. Yeah. And and maybe I'm an anomaly in that I don't go to a public gym. So I don't have to really worry about finding childcare or, or putting my child in daycare or figuring something out. I can bring my daughter. I own a private gym. She has her mama Roo. There's a pack and play. There's an extra saucer. I get shit done. It's fantastic. So maybe I haven't had to battle the location of the exercise, but the consistency of it for me, again, because it's a passion, I was craving that as soon as I went and got clearance from my doctor, like I'm pretty sure I was doing stuff before I even got clearance from my doctor because it's a mental health thing for me. And so the hard part being for some people, it's not. So I could imagine that being a lot more difficult. And I've said this to people all the time, Ashlyn, how do you have the motivation to work out? I'm like, it's not really motivation. That's like me asking a musician, oh, how do you have the motivation to play the guitar or a painter? Like, how do you have the motivation to paint? They just do it because they love it. And that's the same thing with me with fitness. Right. So I was excited for it. I was eager for it. And maybe that's the shittiest advice to people who are sitting there being like, I hate exercise, but I want to get my postpartum weight off Ashlyn. But for me, that's just the reality of it is I'm going to continue this. I love to do it. And I'd love to do it enough that, you know what, baby Blakely, you're going to come along with me. So baby carrier, man, best thing best thing. I strapped her on. I would go for walks in the coolies. I would walk on the treadmill. I would do like air squats. I was, I mean, by the time she was two months old, I was doing back squats on a Smith machine with the carrier on. And she was like, gosh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) So, well, and I think that's a really, that's a really good thing to bring up. And one thing that I always discuss is find movement that you enjoy, because if you don't love it, it's going to be really hard for you to wake up every day, feeling motivated to do it. So if, if for you like strength training, you love it. It's like your art, your passion. I also love like hit training and strength training. And like, for me, it's not like a chore to check it off my to-do list for the day. In fact, it's like my favorite thing about my day, but for some people, they don't like that. Maybe, maybe the type of movement that you enjoy is going for a walk, go for a walk, you know, or maybe it's, yoga or stretching or some sort of like meditation style movement, or maybe it's Pilates or like whatever movement you like, figure out what that is first. And then that like discipline, I'm using air quotes that everyone talks about will not feel like a chore or a task, but it'll instead feel like a, like a joy. Like I'm getting to do what I love. And then also be realistic with the physique you're trying to achieve with the movement that you're executing. Because if you want to look like a bodybuilder, but you just love to walk, 
I don't care. You're not going to walk your way to big boulder shoulders in a six pack, right? Yeah. So you, you also have to be honest with yourself in terms of is my expectation and my reality in alignment? Right. That's okay. good. That's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Knowing that before, you know, yeah. before you I do had that. Me this weekend, you bounce back faster than anybody I've ever seen before. And I'm like, well, sweetie, I work out six days a week in a private gym. Like I'm sure not most people have that at their disposal or that resource or that desire to do that. Right. And so don't expect that if you love to go for a walk three days a week with your mom and your baby, you're not going to be able to have that same physique because you don't have the same habits. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Man, one term that I actually like totally hate after since getting pregnant is you'll bounce back or bounce back from this. I'm like, oh, can you not like look at my body as like a, like a a boomerang that needs to like come right back to where it was before I, you know, (laughs) bounce forward. Yeah. Bounce bounce forward. forward. Like this is a new season. Like I talked about this is a new season. So what's the best version of you in this season and the body image, the, like the actual way your body looks might not look the same as it did, but it it might be just a completely different joy for you to experience something new because now you're a mom or now you're this or that, like, don't bounce back. You're never supposed to be who you were. You're always supposed to be moving forward. And what an amazing journey and transition to go through into motherhood to come out looking the exact same as you went in would almost be a shame Yeah, because you, you experience something magical. So let that resonate with you for the rest of your life and be okay with that. Yeah. It's kind of like how, um, you know, someone has like a big scar on like their arm or something. There's always a story attached to it. So it's like never like ugly to have a scar. It's always like, dude, what happened? You know, (laughs) that looks looks gnarly. Tell me about it. And then you get to like share a a piece of your journey with someone. So that's the same as giving birth. Like scars are going to happen, not just physically, but like emotionally everything. So share that journey with someone because it could make someone feel way less alone, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, I was very open with my journey. I think perhaps if my conception journey would have been a little bit, again, air quotes easier, maybe I wouldn't have gained the appreciation for pregnancy and birth that I did, but because my husband and I struggled so hard to actually have a successful pregnancy, um, nothing else mattered to me. Like I remember you know, right before I ended up getting pregnant and saying, I don't care if I'm 300 pounds for the rest of my life. I just want a baby. I don't care if I'm bed rested in and attached to my bed for nine months. I just want a baby, right? Like anything for this baby. And then this baby's here and you're like, oh my God, I got a stretch mark. Fuck this sucks. You know, <laughs> come on. Remember where you were a year ago, right? Yeah. No. And that's one of the reason that, reasons why I was so drawn to you is we also had a horrible time with loss and getting pregnant and having a healthy pregnancy that I was the same way. I was like, I will give up everything just to have a healthy baby earth side, you know? And so yeah, reef, whenever you're, like I said earlier, whenever you do have those bad body image days, like realigning your perspective to that is huge to be like, okay, this is what I yearned for. Like, this is what I desired so much. And now I have it like, what a miracle. This is amazing. What a brain we have though, that always looks for, Oh, what, how could it be better? 
Yeah. You know, like just remember to sometimes it's good to have the bird's eye view. Let's step back a couple steps and be like, okay, gratitude. Like I'm a huge gratitude freak. Let's just throw some gratitude on the situation. We're going to feel a lot better about where we're at. Yeah. I love that. I love that bird. Like take a bird's eye view of your life, like almost daily yeah, <laughs> so that you can find something to be grateful for. Cause our first inclination or mine most times is like, what can I complain about in this? <laughs> like where's sure. the, and there's always going to be something, no matter who you are, there's always going to be something that you can keep bitch about a hundred percent, 100 percent. Like that's the easiest thing to find. <laughs> um, okay. Why the, the last thing that I like really want you to talk about, because okay. I'm about to enter this season is balancing, owning your own business and ha- having a family and like making sure that you're, and I know you said you bring them into your life, which we are like definitely all about with our future baby, but how do you balance loving this so much and loving this so much and giving both the time that they need in order to grow business and baby and family and husband, you know, like there's so many different aspects now. Yeah. And that's, that's a big question at four months postpartum because I'm still figuring it out Yeah, um, on a daily basis. There's parts of me some days where I see all the moms in my mom group, they all have their year long mat leave, you know, I'm like, like my stepmom's a teacher. So I watched her. I'm like, my, my mother-in-law is a teacher, like people who have teachers, nurses, whatever they have their year long mat leave. Right. And so there's part of me that's kind of jealous, but I've really tried to reframe that. And wow, I get the opportunity to make way more than I'd ever make on EI financially speaking. I have the opportunity to do that. If you're on mat leave, you take your EI that's what you're assigned to. You're not looking for other modes of financial income. So I'm on my toes. I'm also grateful that I have the opportunity to connect with other people. Yes, I get paid for it, but the connection piece of coming to work and being able to talk to my clients, talk to other moms, talk to my secretary, to my other coaches, it does give me a piece of myself that I, I did even in the first five weeks when I was home with my daughter, I felt like I was losing. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not having that connection piece and then throw COVID and a pandemic on top of that. Yeah. Why and, not? And you really do feel isolated. So I'm grateful for that. Um, in terms of balancing it all, I don't know if it's a matter of balance working in life. You know, I always come back to work-life balance. Is there such a thing? Probably not. I think it's more of establishing a work-life flow, yeah. understanding that, you know what, at in a couple hours, my husband's going to show up here with my baby because I want to work out, but he has work to do. So she's going to come in the back in the gym with me. And that's a flow. Yeah. The work and life is crossing over a little bit, but trying to put a huge segregation between, Oh, it's four o'clock close the computer. Don't talk to any of my clients. I'm setting those boundaries. If you set those up so stiffly for yourself without the understanding that they are going to cross over, you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah. Cause you're going to be constantly like feeling like you're letting your schedule or yourself down. Yeah. Like, I think I made a post where I'm like, some days I feel like an amazing business owner and some days I feel like an amazing mom, but it's never on the same day (laughs) because if I'm throwing myself fully into my, my home and I'm cleaning my house and I'm feeding my kid and I'm home and I'm playing and I'm engaged, then I'm like, Oh shit. I haven't posted on social media. I haven't responded to that email. I haven't got that nutrition plan completed. But if I spend Mm. the whole day here, then I feel guilty for not being at home. So there has to be a flow established. And if you can establish that flow and give yourself grace to understand that it's going to ebb and flow, you're going to feel a lot better about making that transition. Yeah. I think the key words there are give yourself grace. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent In every situation. In everything. 
Well, dude, I have loved this conversation with you. This is awesome. Sorry, I just call you dude. I call you everyone dude. Yeah, I call everybody dude. I okay. Okay. So we, I have four questions that I ask every single guest. I don't tell you ahead of time because I don't want you to overthink it. I just want your honest answers. So we're going to end with that. And then I want you to give our listeners, um, a way that they can follow you and follow along your journey at the end. Okay. So first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now? It can be a TV show, a food, an exercise movement, something you're obsessed with. Obviously your baby, but like outside of that, I'm definitely obsessed with her, but I am obsessed with right now. Um, something that I made up myself called finding 40. So finding 40 minutes in my day that I can do something for myself. So I will set a timer and I will find that 40 minutes. Usually right now it's a workout circuit where I'll put like 10 exercises using minimal equipment. So just one 35 pound kettlebell, what's 10 things I can do. I'll do 10 reps of each 40 minutes. How many times can I do it? Or 40 minutes put my baby to bed. Okay. This is my 40 minutes. It's time for a bath or a meditation or 40 minutes in the morning, something. So finding 40, that's finding my 40. I love that. I'm writing that down. Finding 40. Yeah, please do. And maybe for some people it's finding 20 and maybe for some people it's just finding five. But for me, luckily I can find 40. I used to be able to find like 180. So <laughs> now that she's here, I find 40, but 40 seems to be enough that I can either get a sweat on or just decompress from the day or do some form of self-care. It feels good. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. I'm definitely going to apply that to my life. (laughs) Um, okay. Second question is what's something that you're looking forward to in the rest of 2021 and the rest of this year? Ooh. Well, I turned 30 this year. Ooh, um, that's exciting. That, I'm in my friend's wedding as a maid of honor. And now that like COVID restrictions are lifting and we get to be social and party, I'm really looking forward to that. My husband and I also want to take our daughter on a trip before we have to pay for her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I love, we are huge travelers. So being stuck at home this last year, even though I was pregnant, all I wanted to do was just get away. Yeah. We have terrible winters here in Canada. Okay. So we need to get out of here. So something I'm looking forward to is planning some sort of family vacation where we can take my daughter to the States, to Vegas, to an Airbnb or Phoenix or somewhere hot in the winter. I would just love to be able to do that for my family. Yeah, that is so good. And yeah, they fly for free now. So you take it while you can. Exactly. She doesn't crawl yet. She won't be trying to get away from me. Yeah. You just keep her in that carrier and you are good to go. Exactly. Okay. Third question is what is something that you love about yourself right now? Mm, You know what? I love that I am finding the time to still allocate to my fitness journey. I didn't know what postpartum fitness was going to look like for me, to be honest. I've always asked myself through competing, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I competing because you know, I like to compete or am I competing because I love the process. I I appreciate what nutrition does for my body. I love training. And this has solidified for me. I definitely do fitness for the right reasons for Mm. my mental health. So I'm really proud of myself for, you know, I don't want to say the worst shape of my life, but aesthetically speaking, absolutely. I, I used to put weight into perspective. I don't know if you use numbers on this podcast or if it's kind of a trigger for people, but to put it into perspective, my journey, I step on stage at about 127 to 130 pounds. I had to gain 15 to 20 pounds just to get pregnant. So I got right at about 150 pounds. I went into labor at 193 pounds. So like skewed from competition prep to pregnancy, you're looking at 60 to 70 pounds and a girl who's never been overweight in her life. Like that's a big mental and physical shift. 
So I'm really grateful that I was able to be accepting of that completely surrender to the process and then get back to work, I guess, um, in achieving where my happy place is going to be without the pressure. I have not, I think I've stepped on the scale once since I had her. Wow. That is so huge. I own a body composition machine. That's thousands and thousands of dollars. Like it takes two minutes to get in that machine and it will tell me my bone density, my lung capacity, my muscle mass, my fat mass, my body fat percentage, everything. And I have not gone in there well, because I'm like, I'm I don't need to know. I just need to move and be happy and take care of myself and take care of my kid. Yeah. You don't need to know. That's awesome. Way to go. That's a great mental leap to be on that side of it. Yeah. I'm like, we're good. Like whatever, whatever it it is, it is whatever will be, will be for sure. I love that. Okay. Last question is if you could leave our listeners, which is like women, 99, 99.9% women, um, with one little piece of truth today, one little thing to end on, what would that be? Um, well, because I'm on the spot, I'm looking at this big sign that's in the middle of my office on the wall that says, think big, dream big, start small. So whatever you are wishing, hoping or working for right now, if you can just take one small step towards that goal, whether it be just writing it down, telling someone, hiring a coach, getting an accountability buddy, taking that small step, but having that grandos goal and that big vision is so important. Like having that compelling vision that you can feel in your bones, that you can see vividly is so important, but thinking that you're going to achieve that tomorrow is obscene, right? So again, giving yourself grace to say, what's one small step that I can take towards achieving that goal and doing that consistently, it'll compound with interest and you will achieve that big thing. Yes. Think big, dream big, start Start. small. Yeah. And that's how I started my business as well. So, I mean, I started training two or three people who told two or three people who told two or three people, right. And, and then here we are. So it was definitely a start small philosophy and that's why it's on the wall to remind myself, like, come back to your roots. Every client matters. Everybody has a story. When you're engaged with that one person, you're their personal coach. You're not worried about the next phone call or the next person who's going to walk through the door, like start small, give care. And that'll compound with interest. Absolutely. I can see why it compounded for you. Why one person told another, because your energy is definitely contagious and infectious. And I've loved having you as a guest, like Thank you. enthralled the whole time. Like, tell me more. Thanks. Um, I'd love to chat with you too. It's great. And I know our listeners are going to want to find you too. So what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, I would love for you guys to connect with me on Instagram because I have a link in my bio that leads to everything that I do. So my Instagram is my first and my last name. So Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N underscore Gunderson, G-U-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. And on there, you'll see my business page, which is perfect fit for you. So the number four followed by the letter U. And then I also have a blog. Writing is my passion. I haven't written as much since my daughter's been born, but Absolutely. If you want to know the depths and darkness and happiness of my soul, it's definitely in my audio and in my writing. So I have a SoundCloud account with all my audio blogs and then a written, um, a written blog as well, which is like all my passion projects. I love your blog. I actually read it. I think it's really good. And it's definitely reflected in even your Instagram captions. Like the, your passion for writing is so evident in the way that you can like verbalize what other people can't articulate, but you're like, okay, let me put it into words for you. I think it's amazing. It's definitely a gift. So definitely follow her. I'm going to put all that in the show notes, your Instagram and any links that you want me to share with our listeners. I'll put that in the show notes, but thank you so much for being a guest. I'm very grateful. I appreciate the conversation and thank you for introducing me to your community.
Yeah. All right. Bye, Ashlyn. And bye, listeners. I will talk to you next week. Whoa!